Accompanying me today, it is uh, Councillor Derek Thomas, the Chief of Police, Dr. Kumar, and Janet. And we also have here Mike Olsen, who will be uh, conducting this update. So welcome to the studio. Thank you. Thank you you very much. And uh, yes, welcome. There's me standing in here today instead of the Tammy, which you're more used to. And uh, you are used to this yourselves. I can see that we have... Uh, some headlines here on uh, the agenda for today, what has been pre-announced to us. So, uh, who wants to start and talk about the testing prior to departure? Okay, so, thank, thank you, Mike. I, I will do a little uh, opening and then hand over to the, to the team. Uh, good afternoon uh, to, to our listeners. And uh, what I will say is that a uh, repatriation flight is scheduled to arrive, as we know, on, uh, on Monday, around about 12 noon. Uh, there's 49 passengers uh, booked to uh, for St. Helena and as well as some uh, transits for Ascension. Those transits will uh, uh, overnight at Bradley's and home quarantine uh, will be used. Uh, what uh, we have put into place, we have tried to tighten up on our measures in uh, view obviously of the new variant and there are uh, quite rightly so uh, public uh, fears within the community. Uh, so what we have uh, put into place now that uh, there will be uh, all persons will be uh, expected to have a COVID test uh, within 72 hours uh, prior to departure within the UK and Dr. Kumar and Janet will talk a bit about that in detail. Uh, we have a, put into place a roaming security team uh, and uh, the Chief of Police will talk about that because he has been delivering training and guidelines. Uh, what we uh, are tightening up on this occasion is that we are not allowing uh, visits f- from family and friends. I know that they have maintained the distances in the past and having general conversations and dropping off uh, goods or whatever. Uh, we will not be allowing any visits from family and friends. Uh, what we will allow is that uh, there will be two uh, uh, de- deliveries uh, for essential supply, two drop-offs uh, within a week. And that will be undertaken within between the hours of uh, 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. Uh, however, we are aware that there will be people with uh, medical uh, reasons, medical uh, issues, and uh, that will be uh, undertaken by the proper officer within the health directorate. Uh, so I appeal to the uh, general public now that the homes that are going to be used for quarantine, please uh, stock up for the two weeks. Uh, because there's only going to be two uh, drop-offs within a week for essential supplies. So I'm asking uh, members of the public to uh, to do their bit uh, and, and please stock up well. And uh, I will ask those who are in quarantine to obviously comply with these uh, rules as well as members of the public. Uh, so uh, that's the uh, additional bits we, we, we have added. And uh, perhaps I will uh, pass over to... Uh, Dr. Kamar and Janet to talk a bit about the testing and then the Chief of Police will talk a bit about uh, the security arrangements. Thank you. Okay, Dr. Kamar. Thank you. Um, In light with what's happening around the world with the new variant and the higher, what we think that this new variant is more transmissible, um, there were a lot of changes recently all over the the world and mainly about uh, testing pre-travel. 
Um, so that did affect us both ways. So now all uh, people departing um, St. Helena to the UK are um, um, requested to have a test 72 hours before arriving to the UK. Um, that's why we're going to uh, swab all passengers who are um, traveling on the 13th of January's flight. Um, um, and uh, they will be uh, contacted to come on Monday morning at 8 a.m. We we'll try to swab them all. Uh, we will provide the results by um, phone uh, to individuals, and the paperwork that is required for them to show when they arrive to the UK will be provided at the airport. Um, so it's a, it's a quick measure that we took um, um, since we knew about this change. Um, on the other hand, as um, the requirement of pre-travel is changing everywhere, we also um, required people to be tested uh, before taking the flight on the 11th of January. And that decision was made by um, the IEG only recently. So um, uh, due to the logistics of it, um, we require a PCR test, but we understand that it's not always possible the time because of the time frame. So uh, we're expecting to have the test results from um, everybody who's going to be on board uh, on time, but also we had to be a bit flexible and accept um, the rapid antigen test uh, that can be done within uh, the 24 hours before departure. I would also like to reassure um, uh, our listeners that anybody who shows with a positive test will not be allowed to uh, board the plane. Thank you very much. I think we're coming back more to testing as well later on. And uh, yes, but over to... Yeah, okay. So, uh, Chief, you want to talk a bit about the roaming security? Okay, I will do. Um, thank you, Councillor. The, uh, as everyone will be aware, one of the uh, criteria that IEG insisted upon in order to move to home quarantine was that a roaming security team should form an integral part of that particular process. Um, over the period just before Christmas and through between Christmas and the New Year in the last few days, uh, that contract uh, tendering process has been completed uh, and the contract has now been awarded to Grocox contractors and they'll be providing the 24-hour roaming security service uh, from uh, next Monday. Um, the security service is an integral part, as I say, of the home quarantine uh, we had them in yesterday, the team that will be delivering it with the proper officers to go through exactly how they will work together to ensure the security of the people in quarantine, their neighbours and the rest of the public around St Helena as well. Um, so they've had a briefing about that. They've also had a briefing from the police service about the sort of records that we need them to keep because obviously in the event that they do start seeing something going wrong, we need to make sure that we can use their records uh, if we have to uh, and obviously we hope we don't have to uh, in any future um, police investigation. So they will start their duties uh, probably at about four o'clock on Monday afternoon. Um, the flight comes in at midday-ish. Uh, by the time everybody's gone through the processes at the airport, it's pointless them going and checking empty houses. We're going to have them start checking when we know they've left the airport. Obviously, if, the, if we get the whole process through a bit quicker, they'll start a bit earlier than that as well. Um, they have a number of different duties uh, when they attend a particular uh, at, at the houses in quarantine. 
The first one is to check that the arrangements for the signage and the, and the tape and everything outside are still in place. Uh, the people who arrive will be responsible for, for finishing off that process. The proper officers have already done quite a lot of it. But obviously, if you're having to drive a car up a driveway, there's no point putting the tape in there then driving the car through it. So they're going to do the taping afterwards. Uh, the first thing that the, the security team will have to do on each visit is check that all the, the tapes and the signs are still in the right place. Uh, because it's not beyond the realms of possibility that the wind will blow, a passing goat will take a fancy to a stripy bit of tape or something like that. Um, and obviously we do not want the people in quarantine coming out to try and put it back together again. It's the, it's the, the security team's uh, responsibility is to do that. They'll then make contact with the people in the house uh, to check that they're all there first, which is obviously the most important thing, and then also that they're all all right. Um, the staff at Bradley's will be contacting everybody on a daily health check, which we've done in all our periods of quarantine but obviously if we're making other contact with these people we might as well ask them at the same time are they feeling okay because it might be six or seven hours since they've they've spoken um so they will do all of those things if they do have any concerns that was part of the process of the training yesterday was to reinforce how they feed those back through because if there is a health uh, concern uh, and based on previous things within quarantine that's those health concerns we've had have not been covid related at all they've just been the fact that people get ill and they might need some some medication so they can feed that back through the Bradley's team um, if they have got any concerns about people's behaviors then they will feed them to back to the police um, those checks are going to be done randomly it's pointless telling someone that you're going to be outside their house at 10 past 9 because not surprisingly they will be in where they should be at 10 past 9 so they will be uh, conducting those uh, checks they'll be going around all the, the locations as has been mentioned, because of the, the testing process that's going on pre-departure, we can't say for certain exactly how many houses will be used at the moment because we don't know that everybody's going to pass their tests. Um, so that will depend on the numbers of times they will go round the island. Um, they haven't got too far to travel, so they should be able to visit everywhere fairly frequently. Um, it is a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week process. It's uh, currently designed to last for the quarantine period. But obviously, if for any reason anybody, uh, anybody's quarantine has to be extended, then the security team gets extended with them. So as long as people are in there, uh, it will be there. They will report any concerns. As we've said repeatedly on more or less every single one of these radio updates, if anybody in the community does have any concerns about anything involving quarantine, please contact us as soon as possible, either the police directorate, the health directorate, your local councillor. It really doesn't matter, but pass the information in, and then we can either answer your question and tell you that you've got nothing to worry about, or we can investigate it properly. Yeah, and just to clarify there, uh, <coughs> these ones in this roaming security team, they don't have any powers in themselves? No, 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 no. they're, they're not, they're not um, sworn in as special constables or anything along those lines. Their role is to check on people. They're not going to have contact with them. Clearly, we don't want them to have contact with them because that would breach the quarantine rules. So they are simply going there and they are reporting to us. Mm. And they, they have no previous police experience or anything? No, no. We, As I say, we gave them some training yesterday. They had a briefing in relation to the role of the proper officers and the health elements of it. And equally, they then subsequently had a briefing from the policing side of things about what we would need. But that's solely in relation to the records that they might have to keep. Because obviously, if we... If they say they were at somewhere at, what time is it now, just gone 20 past two, we need them to have got a record of the fact that they were there at 20 past two because we, being the police, we like to be really precise about these things. We'd rather you say 2.21, not just after 20 past. Uh, it's just the way we are. Okay. Uh, yes, and that's about this uh, roaming service to start after the plane comes in the same afternoon. Uh, next on the agenda, what have we got? Janet. Um. 
Before we move on, can we just go back over one little point, which is about the deliveries and the drop-offs, because it kind of links to um, what the security might be looking um, out for. Um, so how it works in practice is that our proper offices have actually staked out um, the boundary where the tape will go off, but they'll also um, provide advice to anybody who's in home quarantine as to where their drop-off point is, which is the delivery point, so that nobody actually inadvertently breaches quarantine. And this is something that the security team will be fully aware of. Um, if you're one of the people who's going to be um, supporting a family member or if you're running a local business that's providing a delivery service, you had need not have no qualms that the security team is going to be there and suddenly pouncing on you. Uh, we're not trying to, um, you know, we're trying to make it as simple and as straightforward as possible. And there is that link between the proper officers and the security team. So they know what to look out for. If you're doing it correctly, then it's absolutely fine. So the rule this time around is that um, you're allowed two deliveries um, per week. And that's for um, various reasons. Um, but my personal reason is that if I was in home quarantine and I ran out of chocolate, I might actually say, yeah, that's something worthwhile. I want to use one of my um, weekly deliveries on something like that. I don't think you could stock my, um, my house with sufficient chocolate um, to start with. People, people who know me would know that that's true. Um, but it might be other reasons. It might be that you have a medical condition. Um, there's some um, cases where um, health direction might actually say it, there's a need to actually do a more frequent um, delivery. So if you're somebody in home quarantine or somebody supporting that um, person, the way to deal with an additional request is to actually raise it in your daily phone call or in the packs of information that we provide. We actually put contact numbers to say who to contact if you get a query um, throughout the day. No matter um, what time of the day or the night, there's always somebody on the end of a phone to support that person. Um, so what will happen is that if I'm stuck in home quarantine um, and I need some chocolate and I still have one of my um, two twice-weekly deliveries um, available, I'll ring up a family member or a friend who I trust to bring me chocolate and not to eat it on the way, or I'll use a local business and I'll say, okay, please come to my drop-off point, bring me some chocolate, and please tell me what time you're going to be arriving so that I know at the point that that delivery is being made that I need to be inside my house. There'll be zero contact. I'm not allowed to go out on the veranda and wave to them, even though um, social distancing rules might apply and it's perfectly safe um, for somebody to be at that five-metre point dropping off my chocolate. Um, that we're being extra super cautious this time around and saying, no, there should be no contact, not even that visual contact. I'm to remain inside my house. Uh, of course, as soon as they've departed, and we'll know the time frame, you know, the few minutes that's needed to actually make that delivery, I can actually go out to my drop-off point, collect my chocolate, and get myself back inside um, quarantine. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've tried to be accommodating for all sorts of um, circumstances, but again, to have the controls in place to make this work. Yeah. Okay. Um, should we do the Emily yeah. Helena next? Emily Helena, yeah. Are you going to start or do you want? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay.
So I'll start and Dr. Kamal will chip in with the um, medical stuff, which is not my forte at all. Um, I think everybody is aware from an earlier press release that when the MV Helena arrived in Cape Town last week, two of the passengers on board um, tested positive um, for COVID-19. Now, part of the protocol is, and we use it in Health Directorate ourselves, or we would use it if we ever had a positive test, is that in those circumstances, you should retest to confirm that um, confirm that result. Um, this is what's um, taken place. I have to thank the two individuals um, involved, um, and they've given me permission to actually share the result, their results um, to say that they did subsequently to, um, test negative for COVID-19. So our belief, and we've got a very high degree of confidence in this, is that it was the original test results were false positives. Uh, do you want to jump in and talk a little bit more about what yes. positive so is? So these results were actually very low risk and actually surprising because of the time frame. The ship uh, left the island on ten- 21st of December and the test was carried on the f- 31st of December and nobody else on the ship tested positive except these two. So it raised um, um, many uh, possibilities, but the main one was that actually this test is um, is not correct um, but also we didn't see the results we have been informed um, but when we repeated the test we actually received the results that says a PCR test is negative um, so um, um, to be even more cautious we did run a contact tracing um, but again in our uh, policy about contact tracing we actually trace back anybody who, um, um, who's who been in contact with someone who tested positive two days before the test has been positive. Um, and that's for asymptomatic person, for whatever reason they've, they've been tested and they don't have any symptoms. If they test positive, we go back two days before that result. Um, but if they are symptomatic, we go back four days before. Um, so you can see the, that the time, time frame is way beyond the four days, but we still did that and we tested uh, the person who's the closest in contact with, um, uh, with the two uh, positive tests on the MV, you know. Uh, the, the, the question it raises, obviously, if they are false positives, they're also false negatives, aren't they? Uh, and this is a bit of concern with the testing regime, isn't with it? With any with any test, it's not necessarily the COVID test. With all our um, medical tests that we use, there is always a certain degree of um, of specificity or um, um, oh, I forgot the, the technical term. Sorry, um, that will give us the assurance that this test is actually going to pick up everybody who was actually true positive or a true negative. Um, so there is a high level of, of uh, confidence in, in the test, but there is no test that is 100% sure. Is there any d- difference there? We're just bringing up these questions in the testing how they do it in South Africa or, for example, in UK. Do they use the same type of test or are there different tests? There are different types of tests. There are many, many types. Um, but the most common ones are actually rolled out across the world. And the main concern about the new variant is, will will these tests be able to pick it up? And actually, yes, we can pick it up on the most commonly used um, test over the world. 
Yeah. Can I just go back to your point about the false negatives? And this is something um, that I've had to be inducted into um, from the guys in our lab who have tried to explain to me what a PCR test is. So in my layman's terms, and Dr. Kamara is going to jump in and help me out here, um, what the PCR test is, is it counts um, viral particles in your body. So if you've been exposed to the virus and you've um, contracted it itself, then you'll start to have viral, viral particles build up in you. Um, it is it's very, very difficult to get a false negative. It's um, because either um, if there's sufficient to count, then that's where the test will start to say that you're positive. Um, it's not unheard of, like Dr. Kumar said, that there's um, a degree of um, confidence with any test, um, regardless of what you're testing for. But there's a very, very high degree of confidence when you test negative because the instant you start to build up those viral um, particles, um, that, that's when the test actually starts to um, pick it up. I think it's also worthwhile just um, mentioning a bit more about the um, contact tracing and um, particularly to give um, thanks to um, the police directorate who jumped on this straight away um, when they got um, the news. So the incubation period for COVID-19 is 14 um, days. Um, it was easy to track the contacts for 10 of those days because the two individuals were on board the MV Helena. There was nowhere else they could go, nowhere else they could make contact with other than the passengers and crew. Um, on board the vessel. So it was the four days in advance of the um, departure um, of the vessel that we were most interested in. Now, a contract, and again, jumping guys with all of the technical stuff, but in my layman's terms, it has to be a sustained um, contact within um, two metres, so breaching that social distancing rule, and for a sustained period like 15 um, minutes. Uh, we identified, um, I'm using the rule, we meaning the police directorates, apologies, um, we identified an immediate um, contact, and again, my thanks to that contact for all of their cooperation and their support, they immediately you know, came in to be tested and tested um, negative. We've also got um, to look at this on a case-by-case -case basis and all of the personal circumstances around this. So if we actually look at um, the dates, um, the two passengers on board, the Envy Alina, um, they departed on the 21st, arrived in Cape Town on the 31st. So they were going to be spending Christmas um, at sea away from their family. We know that, okay, they might have seen um, people briefly during the four days, but they actually spent it as family time because the family was going to be apart during that period. And again, that's the sort of um, personal circumstance that we can sympathise with, we can understand that and you know, it's, um, that's what we look at um, on a case by case basis to say, yeah, does this seem reasonable, does this seem, um, seem correct? Is that a fair enough summary? Yeah, that's a very fair summary. Yeah. Well, okay, thank you very much for that, Janet. Uh, just to, how long does it uh, take to get uh, the result from these tests? Actually, it takes about 16 hours. Um, but we give ourselves a marge of uh, um, period of time to say all results will be ready by 24 hours. Because I think there's been some concern because the f original press release with the suspected positive result came out on the 4th of January and the tests were taken on the 31st of December. So there was quite a bit of delay. Okay. In that one, uh, just I'm, sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, I was talking about ourselves, about our uh, yeah, yeah, yes, no, but uh, whatever it was, there was mm. a bit of concern about that. If there would have been a real positive test, that it could be a bit long time. 
So um, the situation in um, South Africa is a bit more fraught than it is in St. Helena. We know that testing centres are under a great deal of pressure. And so whilst the individuals were um, swabbed on the 31st, um, that the formal test results um, in South Africa um, were reported as getting um, between 24 to 48 hours. So we actually um, had the results on the Sunday um, I'm, I'm, yes. um, I've lost um, track of um, what day um, who switch after all of the oh, public holidays. I do apologise. Um, and of course, we started to put in place um, all of the planning so that we got the press release out on the 4th. Again, the retesting was done um, almost immediately that we knew. And again, it took, tw- um, it took almost 48 hours to come through. Um, the two in- um, individuals were isolating during this period, as they've been um, advised to. Um, and again, they were cooperating um, fully um, with us. Um, but again, it took that time simply because of the sheer pressure that testing centres abroad are under. Um, and it was only after that that we got the results through and we could say, OK, actually, you know, um, you know, we are very, very confident indeed that they were not positive for COVID-19. And certainly we're very confident um, that there's no COVID-19 present on St. Helena. Hmm? Thank you very much. Anything more on your agenda, Derek? No, just to uh, perhaps uh, uh, re-emphasize the need that uh, it's important that those people in quarantine have uh, stuck up well for the 14-day period uh, because, uh, like I said earlier, we are only allowing uh, two drop-offs, uh, drop-offs per week for essential goods uh, at the designated uh, points. And when those drop-offs uh, do happen, occur, then those people in uh, the home quarantine, as Janet alluded to earlier, must remain indoors. Uh, so those remains arrangements need to be made, and, and I look for uh, good uh, public support uh, and compliance on, on this particular issue. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much, Derek. Just one question here, because I take this opportunity as well, when we're sitting here, you pick up things in the street, rumours or uh, uh, otherwise, and... Uh, I think this is an excellent opportunity to address those ones. Uh, and there is, uh, we talked about, obviously, which was big news when it came out on Monday with the then suspected positive testing in South Africa, which we later have sorted out. But there was also something about the yachts that um, some breach of quarantine inv- was involved before the changes took place. So I just want to confirm, but it's a police here. There's certainly no information that's come to us about a breach of quarantine from the yachts. There was concerns expressed by the community over the Christmas period because of the arrivals of some yachts. Um, The situation was reviewed by the incident executive group on uh, New Year's Eve. And as a result of that, the rules around who can enter St. Helena, whether by sea or by air, have changed. They basically changed back to the way they were in April, May, June of this year, which means that unless you've got a right of residence on the island, either because uh, of your status or because you've got a long-term entry permit or you're an essential employee, you can't enter St. Helena anymore. That affects most immediately and most visibly the yachts, because obviously most of those people are just passing through here um, so they're not allowed to come ashore now uh, unless there are specific emergency or or other reasons that they they have to stop here there are still the ability to do those exemptions they get presented through the attorney general's office to the ieg we haven't had any of them today but there was certainly no um, 
indication of any breaches. I think people were concerned because they saw new people when yeah. they came back to work on the Tuesday after the, ho the holiday because a number of yachts had come ashore, some on the Saturday, some on the Monday, and some on the Tuesday. It suddenly looked like there'd been a huge influx of people. There'd actually been probably about 20 people, but everybody saw them for the first time all together. Um, they had all gone through the same process. They'd all followed the quarantine rules. Everybody who leaves quarantine on St Helena has to have a negative test first. They'd all had those negative tests. In a number of cases, they'd stayed on board the yachts for several days after the negative tests anyway, uh, because of the Christmas period because they didn't come ashore until Boxing Day. Um, so all of that was, was handled. But uh, as I mentioned, the rules have now changed anyway. So no more yachts will, uh, people from the yachts will be coming ashore without good reason. That doesn't mean to say yachts won't stop here to reprovision. We clearly have a duty, a humanitarian duty to support uh, voyages because people may be travelling from Africa through to the Caribbean. They need somewhere to stock up on fuel and water. We will ha assist them with that. Uh, they may stay at the, at the moorings for a day or two and then they will move on. Yes, we had a schooner or something came in yesterday for fuel, but I she was only intended to come in for fuel and nothing else. Yes, and she left this morning. Yes. But, uh, thank you very much for that. And Dr. Kumar, hand, yes. hand up this like a school <laughs> class here. <yeah? laughs> I just want to reiterate again on the importance of quarantine. To have a transmission of the virus, the virus needs a way to move from one body to another. So we need an infected person, we need someone to be close enough for the virus to jump and infect another person. This is how the transmission happens. So it's really important that we break this cycle. We, we put these people apart. Um, whether the passengers arriving on the flight, they need to be apart, but also um, they need to be separated from, from the community. So everybody has um, a responsibility, has a role into making this work, just to stay apart. It's only 14 days. I know it's, it might not be uh, very easy on some people, but it's not very difficult to maintain. So again, it's the most effective way uh, to just keep people separated so we don't allow the virus, even if we have someone who's positive, to transmit to another person. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very Thank much you. for coming to St. Thank, Thank you. Good afternoon.